Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. Last message on the laws. And someone give me a definition of laws real quick for us. Laws are what? Excuse me? The what now? The limit of what you can do? Principles based on predictable consequences. There you go. Principles based on predictable consequences. And this last one, there is no more important law than this one we're going to do today. And so the lead way into it, I'm going to start with the points, and then we're going to get to the scriptures after that. So I want to leave you with these thoughts. The law, the last law that we'll cover is, I believe, all other laws come from this particular law. All right, you ready for this? You're going to say this is so, this is going to be sound so simple. You're going to like, oh my goodness, that is so simple. But it's the most profound of all of the other laws. I had another name for it, but I said, I don't want to give it away that early. So I came up, I believe the Spirit of God gave me another law to a name for it. So here it is. This is called the law of the answer. 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 Everyone got that? Say that with me. The law of the answer. The law of the answer. All right, so I want to start out with some points here. And number one is this. If there's an answer, there's what? A, a question or a problem. Right? If there is an answer, then there is a problem. Correct? If there is an answer, then it, what precedes the answer? Obviously, one of them was, someone said, a question. But in this case, we're not going to say question. We're going to say problem. So we have a problem, and there, with a problem comes the necessity of an answer. So number one, the problem is always not having the answer. Y'all gonna say that's genius, Pastor. Say it, say that's so smart, but that's so profound, isn't it? Let me read that one more time because some of y'all are just catching yourself. You're like you fainted on that one. The problem is always not having the answer. Can I get some agreement? Can I get an amen? Thank you. The problem is always not having the answer. You ready for the next one? There is only one answer for all the problems. 
Right, get up, get up. Come up. I know you're fainting right now. There's only one answer to all problems. Man only has one problem. I know this is too heavy for most of you guys. Number four. The answer added to anything solves the problem. The answer added to anything solves the problem. Number five, the problem without the answer makes it all wrong. The problem without the answer makes it all wrong, makes everything wrong. Are you ready for these last two points? Brace yourself for this last one. Sin is the problem. Are you ready for this last, last point? That Jesus Christ is the answer. Now, many of us mentally, we will probably agree with everything that was just said. Maybe some of you might say, I didn't quite get that particular one. But all of us can, most of us in this room as Christians would agree that sin is the problem. Jesus is the answer. Just that simple. Sin is the problem. Jesus is the answer. Sin is the problem. Jesus is the answer. Now for us to fully uh, unpackage that, it would take a long time to do so, but we're going to look at several scriptures that I think bear witness to what we just said. So let's go over them one more time so that you can hear these and know what we're talking about. The problem is always, is always not having the answer. So the sin problem is always not having Jesus, right? The problem of sin is always not having the answer of Jesus, there is only one answer to the problem of sin, and that is Jesus. There is only one problem, sin. There's only one thing that, 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 that is a problem for mankind, and that's sin. The answer, Jesus, added to any kind of thing or any mess makes it right. You can put Jesus in the middle of anything and if believed upon, it'll make the whole situation right. Care where you are. Care what you're doing. Don't care who you are. Don't care what kind of tracks you came up on. You add Jesus in the mix of you and he'll make you all right. Even if there's more wrong in your life than there is right. That one right will make you all right. The problem added to anything makes it all wrong. The problem of sin 
if not taken care of, makes everything wrong, even when the things are seemingly right. Nothing wrong with education until education is blended with sin. And once education is blended with sin, it makes even education wrong. Nothing wrong with money until you add money to, with sin and sin with money. Once you add sin with money, money and sin make bad partnerships. Nothing wrong with politics. Matter of fact, God tells us in his word, pray for those who are in positions of authority. But when you add sin with politics, you have a problem. Nothing wrong with marriage. But when you add sin with marriage, marriage becomes defiled. Nothing wrong with human relationships. But once you add sin with human relationships without Jesus Christ, you have problems. Sin is always the culprit. Not the devil. Sin is the culprit. The devil uses as an opportunist sin. He entices us because he knows that our kryptonite is sin. Sin is the problem and Jesus is the answer. Amen. Amen. Look at, John, uh, look at the book of Romans chapter 1 if you would. Go to Romans chapter 1 for me. Romans 1 and verse 16. Paul begins in this particular book and he says, For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ, Jesus, the answer. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, saving everyone who believes. Saving us from what? Whatever you need to be saved from. Whatever you need to be healed from. Whatever you need to be delivered from, whatever you need to be rescued from, it's not simply going to heaven and missing hell. It is for right now here today, whatever we need to be saved from, whatever we need to go through, wherever we are in life, Jesus is the answer. That's why it is the power, the dunamis of God, until saving. It's the power to save. No matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter who we are, no matter what kind of mess we find ourselves in, what kind of muck, what kind of mire we are in, what kind of deep hole, deep ditch we find ourselves in, we put Jesus in the ditch with us, he gets us out. We put Jesus in our schools, he saves the school. We put Jesus in our marriage, he saves the marriage. We put Jesus in our, in our, our, our banking, our, our finances, he saves our finances. He saves everything that he gets involved with. Jesus is the answer. If we don't have Jesus, here's what happens. We turn everything upside down. Everything is messed up. So listen to this. The good news tells us how it ma God makes right us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. That's how we receive this Jesus, the answer. As the scriptures say, as through faith that a righteous person 
has life. It is through faith that a righteous person has life. Now listen to this. Listen to this culprit of sin. Verse 18. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress, hold down the truth by their wickedness, by their unwillingness to accept the what? The answer. They don't want to receive the answer. They know the truth about God because he has made obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. And through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. When Pastor Fiak Baji was here, we were up on top of Mount Mitchell, and he was up there praying. And, and as we were coming back down uh, the mountain, uh, or coming down off the top of the, of the mountain, we ran into some hikers, and they were coming up. And I asked one of them, I said, where did you start from? And they told me where they started from. And, um, and it's uh, gorgeous. If you get an opportunity, uh, maybe you don't want to hike up there, but just go to the parking lot and walk a little ways and go up. But if you do that, you'll see um, uh, uh, a a panoramic view all around this region. And so as we were coming up, knowing that they had seen the same things that we had just saw, we asked one of the hikers, a young lady, and we said, uh, Pastor Fiagbaji said to her, I asked her, where would you start from? And and Pastor Fiagbaji said to her, can't you see the glory of God in this creation? Wasn't trying to get her saved. Just wanted her to, to recognize what she had seen, that no human hand could have made it. There is no artist that could do what God has done through creation. And you know, the very moment we mentioned God, that person took off. Had nothing to do. A naturalist looked like. You know how the naturalists look. They just look very natural. (laughs) Look very natural. And the very mention of God, she took flight. Took flight. That's suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. For what can be known of God is revealed through creation. There's there's no way you can deny God and look at his creation. There's no way that you can give man um, uh, credit for what God has done. It's it's absolutely impossible. But I want to see here in these scriptures how we have gotten so mixed up when Jesus is out of the equation. Listen to this. Verse 21 says, yes, they knew God but wouldn't worship him as God and even give him thanks. In other words, dismiss the answer. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God is like. In other words, instead of 2 plus 2 being 4, they made 2 plus 2 6, or 2 plus 2 is 3, or 2 plus 2 is 2. In other words, if you don't know the answer, then you come up with your own answers. And when we come up with our own answers, we are in a big problem. We have a big issue because we could easily be going upside down instead of right side up. I don't know if any of you have heard the stories uh, of um, what is the what is uh, the the gentleman uh, they've been running them recently. I think 
it's his 2025th, yes, uh, JFK Jr. And they said as he was flying that he, uh, he didn't know how to read the, what do you call it? The, the instrument panel. So he was going by sight instead of by the instruments. And because it was all fuzzy and cloudy out there and he could not see. And unfortunately, his plane landed in the sea. And he and all of the passengers died because he didn't have the answer, couldn't see the answer, couldn't utilize the answer. And listen to me. The same is true here. Listen. Now, I know I'm going to be on some treacherous kind of ground right here, but I'm not saying that the Word of God is saying it. It says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things of God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in se- excuse me, sex with, other, uh, with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with, with other men, and also as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, and are heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Here is categorically going down, saying when the answer is not there, man will do things that are unfathomable. Man will do things that, that are, are not natural for man to do. Man will, will get involved in things that are, are not right because, because the answer is not there. Sin, sin will cause you to do things that you thought you would never do. How many of you even look back on your own life when you were living in sin? And when you look back now, you say, how in the world did I get involved with that? How many of you can look back and say in your own life, how did I ever do that? How did I ever drink that? How did I ever smoke that? How did I ever get with that person? But sin will take you to some places that you think at the time is all right. 
It will cause you to do some things that looking back you thought you would never do. And unfortunately, our children are growing up in the cesspool of sin. They're growing up thinking that right, wrong is right. Thinking that sin is the way things are supposed to be. Thinking that all these things around us are normal and natural and that's just the way it is. And even so in the church. Even so in the church where the church has even, has even gotten to the point where they have eliminated these types of scriptures that would indict them. That would say to them, you know what? That's wrong. That is not right. There is a clear-cut thing that says one thing is right and one thing is wrong. Otherwise, if everything is gray, if everything is, is uh, or what, let's define it as we choose to define it. Let's, let's create our own morality out of this. That's how we miss the mark. Sometimes we promote talent over what is right to do by the eyes of God. And we're dismissive. And we're afraid to even talk about, even mention, even call up, even think about. But Paul wasn't. Paul said when we remove the answer, then we're left to our own devices to decide what is right. Even so much so that a woman and a woman would think it's all right. And a man and a man would think it's all right. That's a societal woe. That's a cultural iniquity that is in our, in, our, in, our, in our society that makes it think it's okay. And then, unfortunately, we claim it as, okay, everybody's doing it. Everybody, it must be all right. It's not all right. And I'm not talking about an individual. I'm not talking about a particular person. I'm talking about the swirl of the culture that makes and gives us its answers. The answer is Jesus Christ. He's always the answer. He's never not the answer. And we need to know that. We need to know. And it may not be one of the earlier devices we talked about. It may not be homosexuality. It may not be lesbianism. But it may be some guy who thinks it's right to sleep with ten women. It may be some woman who thinks it's all right to have multiple sexual partners. It may be that one guy that, that thinks it's all right to lie as a living, make his living off of lying. All of those things are in the same category because the culprit in all of them is sin. The problem for humanity is sin, but we have an answer. I said we have an answer. Can I get an amen? I said, we have an answer. I said, we have an answer that if we put it in the midst of homosexuality, if we put it in the midst of lesbianism, if we put it in the midst of lying and cheating and hating, if we put the answer in the midst of it, he will make it all right. Make it all right. So we're never to say, we're never to say, stop doing. We're say, come and get the answer. We're never to say, you're doing wrong. We're to say, come receive the answer to your problem. You have a problem. It's called sin. That's why you do what you do. But if you knew the answer, you could get out of it. There is an answer. Sometimes we promote, many times, uh, the action. 
Do this, do that. No, that's not the answer. Do this, do that. That is not the answer. Stop doing this, stop doing that. That is not the answer. That is not the answer. That's called the law. God says, promote the answer. Jesus Christ, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll take on your life, and I'll give you my life. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Makes no sense for me to give my wife a list of things. You got to do this and you got to do that and you better do this for me and within our marriage. No, I just need to, both of us need to see Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. The law will kill her. The law will kill her. The law will kill our relationship. So I need not tell her all these litany of things. She need not tell me everything that I need to do. Just give me Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Listen to this. Listen to these words. Also from Paul. Romans chapter 3 and verse 21. It says, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. He says, this is what makes us right. What makes us right is the answer. It's not doing something. It's about receiving the answer. And when we receive the answer, he says here, we have met the requirements of the law. See, many of you, when you heard me just ministering, you immediately went to your penal system. And you immediately went to your law. And you immediately began to cast judgment as though you have the gavel. As though you have the right to say who's right and who's wrong. No, that is not what it's saying here. What it's saying here is this. Bring anyone, no matter what their vice is, to Jesus. And he'll make it all right. He'll work righteousness out of them. He'll cause rightness to come flowing out of them. Progressively. Look at these scriptures here. Verse 20 of, jo of Romans chapter 6. When you were, when you were slaves to sin... You were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. Things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do the, those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Glory to God. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
the answer. How many of you, how many of you would say slavery is a bad thing? Slavery in this country was a bad thing. And many, many have fought and many fought to end slavery in this country. But I want you to know something. As terrible a system as slavery was in this country, there's a far worse system. And it's called enslavement to sin. And it amazes me how sometimes people will fight for people to remain into slavery of sin. Protest to remain in sin. Fight hard to remain in sin. And yet we have the answer. I guarantee you there's no slave out there back in the early 1800s that was sitting out there begging, 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 begging to remain into in a slave in that system. Yet, we see all around our country today people begging, begging, protesting to remain in a lifestyle of sin. Agencies fighting for the right to continue killing babies. Fighting, fighting for the right to lose the proper order that God has placed for the husband and the wife. Trying to uproot it, trying to turn it around. You see, you don't need a me too if you have Jesus in your life. If you have the answer of Jesus in your life, you don't need anyone but Jesus and me. You don't have to talk about how bad your past has been, how terrible it has been. Yeah, it has been bad, but you now have the answer. Why dwell on the problem now? Because we have the answer. All I want you to do is think today, people. You're never going to get to where you want to go as long as you dwell on the problem. It's once you find the answer that you can go somewhere. Don't allow your culture, don't allow your race, don't allow your patriotism to dictate to you where the answer is. Listen, Jesus is outside of all of those things, and he's saying, I'm the answer. I'm the answer. Come out. Come out from among them. I know it looks right. I know it seems right. But, but I'm the answer. I don't know if y'all looking at me like you want to tear me apart or you're in agreement. I don't know which one. Let's look at some more scriptures and then we'll be done. Someone can encourage me with a little amen. I'd appreciate it. Sure enough. Listen to this. Listen to this. Romans chapter 7. Very familiar scripture. Romans 7. 
And let's read from verse 14. So the trouble is not the law, for it is a spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave of the problem, sin. I don't really understand myself. I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin, the problem living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, nothing is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what is, I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me, the problem that does it. I have discovered the principle of this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with my, all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. The power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Now, here's a man, he's talking about it, and many times we look at it and we say, Paul, are you giving us an excuse? Are you telling us we can't defeat this? Are you telling us that we'll always be bound to sin? Are you telling us that we'll always do what is wrong? Are you telling us that even though I want to do right, I can't do right? Is that what Paul is saying? Let's find out. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me? From this life that is dominated by sin and death. That obviously cannot be Paul talking about his current state while writing this story. Because otherwise he contradicts himself. All through scriptures. Because he says, let now you, your body be used as an instrument of righteousness. Well, if we can't be instruments of righteousness, don't tell us to be instruments of righteousness. If that be the case. But I want you to know there's a little caveat here. Listen to the caveat. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. I'd like to say he used to be because he was trying to live by the law, but he knew even though he was persecuting those who were not uh, uh, of the way or, or uh, um, persecuting those who were Christians, he knew he had his own internal battle. He knew he wasn't doing right. But listen to it. Thank God. Everybody say, thank God. I love the way this reads. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Did you hear me? He says, oh, what miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Period. Question mark. Thank God. Thank God. Everybody say thank God. Thank God. Everybody say it one more time. Thank, say it like you mean it. Thank God. Say it like we're in a good old Baptist church. Thank God. Man, the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord, period. He's an old wretched man that I am. I don't feel like I can stop, but I thank God my answer is in Jesus Christ. What am I struggling with? What are you struggling with? Where are you at right now? What is the thing that you have given yourself a license to keep on doing? I'm here to tell you that you can defeat it through the answer, and that's Jesus Christ. 
Do you hear me? I don't care what it is in your life. I don't care where you are in your life today. The answer in the middle of your, your mess, you put Jesus in there, he'll start cleaning it up from the inside out. He'll start cleaning all the rooms up. He'll start waxing it. He'll start, uh, um, you know, putting down, what do you call it, um, cleanser, what is it, um, uh, bleach. Your name, he'll start cleaning it all up. All of our lives, and I'm included in there, was a big mess until Jesus came. The answer. The answer. The answer. The answer. The answer. We need not tell people what they need to do until we offer them the answer. Because they have no ability to do it unless they have the answer. We need to offer them Jesus. Here, 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 Jesus. Here, no, I don't care. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you're, how you're living right now. All I'm saying is you need Jesus in your life. You got a problem? Jesus is the answer. You got an issue? Jesus is the answer. You can't seem to break some addiction? Jesus is the answer. You can't seem to get your minds, all that soiled stuff out of it. Jesus is the answer. Last scripture. Look at Romans 8. Well, maybe not the last scripture. Maybe one more scripture after this one. All right. Look at Romans 8 and verse... Uh, one Romans eight and one, so just kind of flip over. Lord, please help everyone to see that Jesus is the answer. Let them not throw stones. Let them not, not, not get caught up in the minutia. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Thank God Jesus is the answer. So listen to this. Listen to this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who belong to the answer. And because you belong to the answer, the power of the living, life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So, did, so God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son, the answer, in a body like the bodies of we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's rule and control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Shout somebody. I said shout somebody. I said shout somebody. Hallelujah. I am no longer a slave anymore. 
I am no longer a slave anymore. I am no longer a slave to sin anymore. I'm a slave to God. And he's a good master. And he has freed me. He has taken me from the bondage of sin. Now here's what I'm going to leave you with today. Matthew chapter um, we already alluded to it one time. Matthew chapter uh, 11 and verse 21. And, and you can turn there. You can put it up on there if you want to. But it says these words. It says, come unto the answer. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest for your soul. For my, what? 11. Matthew 11 and something then. Find it. It's there somewhere. Matthew 11, that's it, 28. I knew I was in the ballpark. Then Jesus said, come to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Here's what we know about sin. Sin is only fun for a season. Matter of fact, sin will, will make you think it's life-giving for a season. Sin will make you think that it's really going pretty good for a season. Sin will actually make you think that this is life for a season. But after a while, you'll realize you've come to the end of it. And you've been depleted. And you've been used. And you feel sad. And you say, God, I'm carrying all this around. I'm carrying all of these labors around. I'm hurting right now. I'm worn out because sin, sin has worn me out. And Jesus says this. He doesn't say, and I heard someone say it this way just recently. He said, he doesn't say, don't get off that edge. You're going to fall down the cliff. He says, Johnny, come to me. Come to me, Johnny. Come to me, Johnny. Come to me. In other words, he doesn't want us to look at the problem. He wants us to look at the solution. And at the very moment we start looking at the solution, we start coming away from the edge. We start going to the voice. And we start the process of healing process of salvation he doesn't scream at us Johnny don't get on the edge because if that happens guess what Johnny's going to do like this and he's going to fall over but instead he says Johnny 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 come here Johnny just look at me Johnny just look at me don't look anywhere just come to me Johnny come to me Johnny come Come, 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 come. And then once Johnny gets to him, he takes Johnny and he wraps his arms around him. He doesn't say, Johnny, you should have never been on that edge. What were you thinking? He says, Johnny, I have you now. Johnny, I love you. Johnny, won't you come with me? And we start going with him. And he starts teaching us along the way. That's dangerous over there, Johnny. Just stay with me. Johnny, that'll cause you some problems. Just stay with me.
And as long as we'll stay with him, as long as we dare not leave him, we're safe in his hands. God told me the other day as we were walking, <coughs> as we were walking, meaning as we were, as I was just walking. You know, sometimes I walk with God when I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not even walking, like walking, walking. Early in the morning, me and Papa were going to walk together. Me and Daddy were going to walk together. I'm still in my bed, but we're walking together. And he'll say things like this. You're all right. You're with me. You're in the right place. I like what you're doing. Everything's going to be all right. And it's such an amazing comfort to me. He didn't tell me, you know, stop doing this, stop doing that. He just says, that's problem. Come with me. I love him. And I'm so grateful that he delivered this person from sin and continues to do so every day. Any remnant of sin that exists, he keeps keeping me safe. If you're having challenges with your children, if you're having challenges in your own life, just know that God is saying to you, come, come to me. The answer is always in Jesus. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.